Welcome to the Get All Set Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And that was not the best air drumming I've ever done. Uh, Also not the worst, can confirm. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I'm on it. I like, I don't know. This is where my ride symbol is. And I'm playing kind of high up on the ride. Yeah. Man, you're just getting straight to the heart of where my headspace was at this week. I'm really gassing for a drum set right now. Nice. I've just been so cooped up at it. This is where I'm like, I know that everyone's home. It's not like I can drum during the day while everyone's at work. And at this point, I don't care. I, I just, part of me wants to just go and get a really solid kit, throw it in the garage and get a space heater and just like, call the cops. Get, I dare you. I mean, they make those quieter quieter drum kits i've seen them i was in a very briefly in a band where uh we rehearsed and the the drum kit was one of those weird quiet ones yeah um i mean they definitely make them it's not quite as gratifying to be like you feel like you're gonna get a boom when you really get (laughs) it's probably really good exercise too uh depends i don't know um I mean, you said you play real hard, so. Oh, yeah. yeah, It's still movement. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely a lot more movement than I typically get um, in my day-to-day. Sort of. That's actually changed what you can't see just off camera is I have my road bicycle right here. Have you been using that thing? I have. Do you like it? Now, you, you might think to yourself, well, why does Andrew have a road bicycle in his office space? There are no roads in there. And you would be correct in saying that. However, what you do not know and what you're about to know is that the back wheel is propped up off the ground in some sort of a clamp maneuver situation. It's called a bicycle trainer. Yes. Just so you know. I I keep forgetting that that's what it's called. And it just seems so much more fantastical to describe it because it just, I just, I love the the concept. Um. No, like I actually get a crack out of it. So the back, I've got like this industrial like claw thing that's lifted it up off the ground, uh, which is amazing because it, it stays that way even after I get my fat ass on there. But and then it's got like a magnetic resistance thing where when the the tire spins and there's like magnetic resistance to simulate. I'm like this is, um, and of course on the other end of the bike, I've got two beach towels to prop the other end up because. I, apparently you can buy like a nice fancy foam block or whatever. I'm like, nah. If anything, uh, just so you know, it will wear down that back tire a lot faster. But also, um, I have a question for you about that is what is yours really loud? Cause when I had one, it was really loud. Uh, this one's not, Good. um, I don't, I'm, I've been scared to look up the price tag on this. A, a buddy of mine who's, uh, um. Yeah, so I've got a, a, a buddy who's in the the biking wheeled sport industry who's like, I'll just send this one. You just want one? I'll I'll lend it to you. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, oh, let me pay for shipping. He's like, no. I'm like, okay. So when do you want this back? He's like, I don't know. So he's lending it to me, and I'm sure I'll give it back in like five years. Yeah, I think it's that kind of thing. Like a long term lend essentially means like. Just don't sell it. Just right. give it back to me if you want to get rid of it. Just don't sell it. Because I do that for like pedals and stuff. I'm like, 
you can have this as long as you want, but if you want to get rid of it, you need to give it back to me. You can't sell it or give it to somebody else. Like, cause it's still mine, but it's a long-term loaner. It feels like such a, like an adult thing. I'm like, so you like in college, everyone's like, it, cause if you let something go in college, you're never getting it back. And I feel like I'm still having like progressed from that mindset of like, I can actually lend things to people and expect to get them back. Yeah. I wonder if my ex-boyfriend still has my area rug and my, mm. my chair that I was very proud of buying. I miss the chair. I miss the chair a lot. Well, anyways, uh, this one's really nice. It's not loud whatsoever. That's um, good. And I've got it sitting right next to my desk. So if I'm just in a meeting where I just need to listen, I don't have to participate. <clears throat> uh, I've got a dedicated pair of vans for me to just slip on real quick. So I don't bust out my toes on the, the spiky uh, pedals. metal pedals. Yeah. Um, you like no, those, those eight, they're like HM3s, you know? Yeah. Really heavy metal. Um, but yeah, no, there's been like three or four times just this week. I've just been like, okay, I'm on a meeting. I'm going to hop on the bike for 20 minutes. Yeah. And really, I can't do more than 20 minutes right now because it's been a long quarantine. I've lost all of the shape I was in previously. And I'll say like biking for a long period of time when you're not going anywhere is really not a ton of fun. It's like when I was running uh four times, a, three or four times a week and I was just just continuously trying to get my, my 5k time down mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be on the treadmill for that long. Yep. <laughs> it's like, let me just get this over with. I'll still get my 5k and I'll still get my, some calories burned. Faster you run, the faster it's over. Yeah. That's the gist of it. I'm, um, I'm actually getting back into running because I signed up for, I think I said the, the keep the beat running club 5k on December 5th. I think there's still some slots open for that. Um, but you get like a, you get a shirt, it's a virtual 5k, you, uh, run it on your own time, you time it, you submit your time via like Strava or, uh, I think I'll be doing the Withings, the Withings app because I have a Withings smartwatch. Nice. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it does like, I ran a 5k yesterday and, Oh, it was not as fast as the, my previous times have been, unfortunately. But I also am more active during the day on a daily basis because I have a standing desk now. Nice. It's yeah, electronic. Yeah. We'll see if, let's see if my uh, webcam stays on when I. Uh oh, here we go. Uh oh. <sighs> Woo. Now and then don't you again. have like a balance something? Yeah, let me grab it. It's pretty funny, the balance board. I I usually use the balance board the first part of the day, and then I have kind of this wiggle stool. A wiggle okay, stool? Okay, Carrie, did you hear that? Carrie. I did hear that. Are you okay? All right. Are you mad because the door's closed? Okay, but you're fine. That is not a happy cat sound. Okay, you know what? Let me just open the door for you, kitty. Emily has left the chat. Go on. Is it one of those situations where the cat's like, I want out. And you open the door and just stares at you. It was for a minute. Well, the thing is she like, because I just assembled this desk, um, the room's a bit of a mess. And because some of the old desk stuff is kind of sitting around. 
Um, and a lot of it's on this the little love chair I keep right. in here. And sorry, now I have to readjust this. And um, I feel very awkward talking actively and being on this balance board, but. Like- uh, so so she somehow got to the top of the love seat and then was like and i don't know how to get down i think that was the big part of the yowling that's the most we've ever had her on the podcast though princess yep i um i haven't hardly seen my cats this morning but that's because uh i refuse to feed them in the mornings and so they just finally stopped bothering me that's smart. I was trying to teach Carrie for a minute to, um, cause we do Carrie want a cookie and then she meows, Carrie wants scratches and then she meows. Mm-hmm. So I briefly tried to do Carrie want breakfast. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want her meowing at me because she wants food in the morning. I'm just going to feed her. Yeah. I let the, uh, other adult members of the household be responsible for that. Yeah. That's fair. That was a uh, part of the living arrangement. Yeah. Man, now people can see exactly how far up my pedal shelving goes. Oh yeah, you've got you've got more than me. I've got I've picked up a couple of shelves, um, yeah. and I just like I'm looking at my wall. I'm like, I don't know. They stick out. I mean, I could probably put them behind the guitars, kind of like what you've you, got. You can fit them behind the necks very easily. But yeah, you know, we'll see if I get around to it. it sounds like yeah. a lot of effort. I mean, it's not. It's just doing it. And then I'd have to admit that I don't have as many pedals as you. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. I just got this one. The the new Seth's Fuzz. Nice. And it's yeah. pink. It is pink. And it has... Do you know what that is? That's the... Is that a optical sensor? It is an optical sensor on a fuzz. So I, again, don't know what any of the knobs do because they're all labeled SEVs. Classic. There's also toggles. Classic Brian from Bookworm Effects. He's my favorite builder. I'm just going to say it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. But I need to just, speaking of just doing the things, I need to film some demos today. I need to edit some demos. Uh, Family's at its, family was in town for a whole week. So, I felt a little behind, which was fine. It was actually a pretty welcome break. But um, I'm going to get back on that horse. Well, there you go. Yeah, I start doing the things again. Working through the backlog. It's all good, all good. Man. So, uh, any gear news this week we want to talk about? Uh, I mean, the gears on my bike are a good start. Um, yeah. There's the the reverb.com for the pedal movie. Uh they did the two two releases last week. Uh yeah. and I fully intended on picking up the Earthquaker devices and believe it or not, accidentally purchased the Chase Bliss ZVEX. Well, accidentally in that you were trying to help me out because it wasn't going through on my end. Yeah, no, like the website. Like, so started. I wanted one of each, and then you ordered one of each. At the same moment, my order went through. Oh, yeah, because I ordered – I ordered – so I put in three separate orders that morning. I put in an Earthquaker for myself, 
And then right after that, you were saying you're having a hard time getting it through. So I ordered an earthquaker for you, just like pay me back. Um, mm-hmm. Paid you back you, immediately. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, you paid me back so fast that I ended up using that money to pay for the ZVEX <laughs> right after because it hit my PayPal account immediately. And it's like, you've got 200 bucks or whatever. I'm like, cool, we'll put that towards the ZVEX um, because it wasn't going through for you. Right. Um, and then like, I remember you, you sent me the message saying, wait, mine just went through abort, abort. And I'm like, oh, oh. And I looked over and then poop, <laughs> mine went through like the moment after you sent that. Yeah. Like, well, my options are to cancel the order or I mean, I probably should it, I should probably should have canceled it because I don't need it. And I kind of need that money for other things. And now it's tied up in a pedal. Well, you can still cancel it because I think they were doing returns, no questions. They are doing returns, no questions. So I I still could. And so admittedly, the thoughts crossed my mind that I could play it for an hour and then send it back. (laughs) I mean, that would probably be fun. Um, And then you might decide to keep it. But uh... what's happened instead is got connected to to a guy who is a huge fan, isn't going to flip it for any amount of crazy money, um, who just... It's a long story, but sounds like the guy slept in and missed it and was super bummed about it. And a mutual friend who I fully trust connected us and said, hey, if you're going to sell it, you should sell it to this guy. He really deserves it. So uh, I'm doing that for instead cost, of sending it. Yep. S- selling it for cost. I'm not losing any money on it. I was like, hey, if I can just play for a couple of days, then I'll ship it your way happily. Um, I'm not looking to make a dollar on this. Yeah. Um, but I figured that's a good compromise of I, it was already paid for. It'd be a hassle to return. Um, so I tell myself to make, justify it a little bit um, and then I can help get, get the pedal in the right hands. Yeah. I accidentally ordered three and I did cancel two of those orders, but what happened was uh, it would appear to time out and then it would say something like, the quantity that you had in your cart is no longer available. Please change your quantity. Which is very much sounds like sell it's sold out language. So I was like, ah, damn it. Then I went back. I'm like, well, let me try again. And then the same thing happened again. And then finally I got to an actual confirmation page. I'm like, sweet. And then I checked my email. I had ordered three. So I immediately messaged. and was like, can you just cancel two of these? Like, yep. that was a big X, like big oops. So, so the people who, uh, who got in when there was a stock of like 33, released the next day you're welcome because <laughs> two of those were mine i'm so sorry <laughs> i mean it happened it wasn't my fault it wasn't my fault i, I just mean, wasn't for, checking my email for such a big release uh i mean it there was the issues were pretty minimal and uh reverb had everything shipped out by the end of next day two days to ship two thousand units that's is, not true mine was mine, mine took a couple days uh, i thought they were all Anyways, I feel pretty okay with saying that Reverb knocked out of the park in terms of hosting and fulfilling it. Um, all things. I mean, if people are going to complain about the issues, I mean, that's a lot of traffic for any site at one time. Like major, major websites like Ticketmaster struggle to um, handle such large amounts of traffic at the same time. And the whole, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to have things not crash. And I think that they did about as well as a website that's not really made for people to descend upon it in hordes of thousands at once. Yep. 
but uh but no i'm really excited to get it um i know last week one of the things i said um which i would like to take a moment to fully recant is i remember saying it's got to be more than just a fuzz factory because if it's just a fuzz factory i mean that's i mean why and I feel like I've got egg on my face for that because I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have it in person yet, but I watched enough demos to look at this and get a sense of the feature set to go, huh? Yeah. Uh, that was dumb of me to say, why just a fuzz face? Cause I'm looking at this and it, it's not just a fuzz face, but the ramping fuzz factory or fuzz face. God, you're tired. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I am a little extra tired this week, more so than usual. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've been working that night shift. Yeah, so I've been working the night shift, uh, the day job, and I've got to flip tomorrow. I start at like 5.30 in the morning. Oof, so I try to cruel. force myself to wake up early this morning, even though I couldn't sleep last night. Cruel thing to do. When it you happens. Work the, I'm sorry, when you work the morning shift, are you done by noonish? Uh, noon to two, usually. Okay. Depends on how early I start, but mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark. Because um, I do the premieres of this at a, around noonish, twelve or twelve thirty, depending on my work schedule. If you want to join in, I will check my schedule for Tuesday <clears throat> and see mm-hmm. what what works out. Maybe I can work out a lunch break at that time. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so the Fuzz Factory. Uh, what I said last week, and I will own the fact that I said it and the fact that I was wrong is I said that if it's just a fuzz factory, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't seem like enough. And after looking at it, I'm like, no, that's more than enough. There's so much crammed <laughs> into that. Yeah. I, I feel dumb. Like I legitimately, like as soon as I saw it drop, I'm like, wait, they really did. And I just, I felt like I was going to hate it. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy playing it for like a couple of days before I ship off. Like I'm not going to fall in love. And I started watching the demos like, wait, they included the fat fuzz, fuzz factory. Okay. That's new. Uh, or and not then new, they have like an extra fat, don't they? Yep. Fat, extra yeah. fat. I'm like, those are like the limited edition fuzz factory. So that's like super cool. Um, there's the, the filter, which I was thinking I'm about. Be, I'm going to be doing the bounce on those filters. 100%. I, I, that seems like such a small thing to add, but it just completely changes the whole, the whole ball game there because suddenly you've got like several pedals worth of effects all in one little unit, um, between the filter and the ramping that can be done. Yeah. Um, ramping or bouncing. I don't understand ramping as much, but I definitely like the bouncing. That's what I usually do on my Chase Bliss pedals. The, uh, and then the other thing I was seeing is someone was trying to put together, uh, for the, the feedback feature. Someone's trying to figure out the CC values um, in one of the users groups for uh, like to tune, to tune that. So you could uh, with a MIDI controller, like do it like a theremin style, like, like letting hands off, letting the pedal do itself. Mm, that's freaking awesome. Uh, oh, I, I did see this, but this is like a theremin too. Mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I saw someone talking about them. Like, wait, that's just like the the fuzz probe. It's the same concept. It's the fuzz probe. Mm-hmm. Because you got that my fuzz probe for everybody who's listening at home. You're gonna have to do a A B demo between the two. I know. I'm excited. And people, since though, though someone got mad at my my fuzz probe demo, and like, oh, another one where people just use their hands. Like, well, yeah. You want to see my toes? 
And well, if the answer to that is yes, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. Footopedia, that's a real website. Another podcast host um, for a podcast I listen to called My Favorite Murder. I'm pretty sure her she's talked about finding out that her feet are on Footopedia. Oh, that just I think I think that broke you. Did that break you? A little bit. <laughs> I'm so torn. I'm really I try really hard to be committed to the idea that I don't have to like what everyone else likes, and if someone else likes something that I don't, that's okay. I think it's okay as long as there's like consent involved. I'd be yeah. really upset if like my feet without my knowledge appeared. Yeah, no that that part's definitely super not okay. Um, <laughs> but so with consent, I'm still like, all right, Andrew, like, all right, man, like just just let it go. It's not your problem. You don't have to do it. No one's making you. Well, there's weirder stuff. I'm just gonna say. Yes, I know that. It, <laughs> I, I just, I you're making me it. blush. Are you serious? <laughs> I can't that, tell. That just hit me like I'm like I'm a little tired, and then it just hit me with like several conflicting emotions. My brain's like, I don't know where to process first. I don't know where to go with this. I just kind of just hit the brick wall for a moment there. Yeah. Sorry. Well, about that. Uh, let's just let's just 180. <laughs> let's just put her in reverse. Anyways, uh, moving past the the fuzz factory or the bliss factory, rather. Um, one more thing in the bliss factory because I got one and you got one and I can hold on to it for, for up to a week or so before I have to send it off to the next guy. What I want to see you do is run the bliss factory and the time shadows in stereo with each other. So time shadow or fuzz fact bliss factory and either. And um, yeah, so one of each pedal dedicated to the right and left. And I want to see so what like you could do that. Like the EQD side on one and the DBA side on the other, and then two different fuzz factory settings. Sure, that would that would that's a way to do it. So you're going to loan them both to me? Yes, I'm going to loan them both to you for like a day. Oh God, good luck with that. I'm just kidding. My next weekend's pretty pretty empty. Um, I would like to do some fun content. My stuff isn't supposed to arrive till. Probably, I think the day that this podcast comes out. So I'll play with it for a few days, and then I'll. Mine is scheduled to arrive on Thursday. I will say Chase Bliss's shipping is always a little bit slow for me, but I don't even think they were the ones shipping it. I think it was shipping from Chicago. Yeah, shipping from Chicago. Yeah, well, UPS, it's fine. I don't like. I'm not in a rush. I have such a backlog. Yep. Yeah. No, I've I've got enough going on. What I'm excited for is next week is my last full week at my day job before I've got two weeks off. Oh yeah, good time uh, to have two weeks off where we're about to all go back into quarantine. Well, not that most of us ever left it. To be completely honest, to be fair, that is true. Um, yeah, it's not. I I've done. I have this entire quarantine. I have done an outdoor bar once at a brewery. I've done that once or twice. Um, so I did that once with uh, Cam from Gibbs Sunday and Tone Throne. And then I did for the one time and one time only I did in-person dining. Inside? Inside. And that scared the heck out of me. I did it once and was like, 
the whole time like this was a bad why did i why it was a it was a bad choice um, i felt so uneasy for the next two weeks I'm like why did i that couldn't i it? couldn't finish my food i got like five bites in i'm just like so nervous like just mask back, back on back on yeah yeah yep no no I amount of dining uh, i've done I was just gonna say there's no amount of uh, plexiglass barriers that make me feel comfortable with that. No, just not worth the risk. It's not, and I love supporting restaurants. That's why Rick and I do take out as much as we do. But um, yeah, yeah, we do take out um once, maybe twice a week. Yeah. Try to do what we can, I and mean, we make sure to target to uh, minority-owned restaurants as well as restaurants that we specifically don't want going under. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are the same column for us because our two favorite local restaurants are called Luna Azul and Tacos and Beer. And those are both family owned, minority owned businesses. Yeah. And they are uh, the best. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, before we fully transition to our topic, I guess. Can I talk about Discord? Yes. And Patreon? So if you've been listening to us for a while, you've probably heard us talk about our Patreon. It's a great way to support us for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and previously at $5, you got access to the super secret group chat we had on Facebook. But as we grew and got more patrons, that become became really, really difficult to like follow and manage and figure out. So finally, I convinced Andrew... Actually, I think I just did it and started inviting people and said, we're doing this now. And um, we uh, started it on Discord. So now our super secret Patreon Discord exists. And for the rest of the year, I've dropped the qualifications from $5 to $1. So if you become a patron of ours, even at the $1 level through 2020, you'll be forever grandfathered in as long as you're a supporter of any amount to our super secret Patreon discord and it's a lot easier to manage the conversations we have a we have a a channel for memes we have a channel for music talk like listening to music and we have a making music talk we have a car talk because a couple people like to talk about the cars uh not the band but their cars and uh food booze all kinds of things that our patrons like talking about it kind of looks like andrew's and facebook messenger right now I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you shutting down the old Facebook group chat? I am. Yeah, rest in peace. And rest if you're listening to this and you are a patron and you have not found your Discord invite yet, please, please let us know. Email us on the Patreon platform. It's easiest for me to keep track of it. And uh, is a guaranteed way for you to not go to my message request on Facebook. Please stop messaging me on Facebook, people I don't know. Stop messaging me on Facebook, people I don't know. I don't read those. I don't read them. And then I feel bad when I look at my message requests after three months and there are all these people I don't know messaging me questions. I'm like, I am available in a lot of places, friends. I'm happy to respond in a lot of places. Facebook isn't the one. Facebook, I just don't check it. It's nothing personal. I just don't check my message requests because they're usually bad. Yeah, I don't get tons of them these days. Um, I've received a couple that have been like really heartwarming um, yeah. from folks, but yeah, I'd I w- say mine are about thirty percent nice, just like 
no need to respond, but like, I like what you're doing. Uh, 50% of them are like asking a question, which would probably be better asked like in the YouTube comments or a, a place I actually check. And then the rest are calling me bad words. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. <clears throat> well, anyways, uh, I'm currently breaking everyone's heart. It's really, honestly, it's kind of like, I've been really loving discord since the move, um, this week, not going to lie. It's actually been a huge upgrade, but there's still a part of me. It's like, I feel bad deleting the old, uh, currently it's named as the get offset, super spooky Patreon chat. <laughs> The names changed so many times. There's been so many great oh, jokes. Chatty cats. The the emoji changes and some of the conversations had in this group have been phenomenal. I feel like I'm like setting a kid off to college. <laughs> um, I mean, cool. Yeah. Anyways, all of that to say, uh, I'm sad to see it go, but also very excited uh, to have to be in the discord chat already and really enjoying that. Yeah. It's a good chat. By the way, have you noticed that my lighting is better? Probably not. Uh, I didn't specifically, but what did you do different? Uh, Rick installed. Well, <laughs> we'd had um, basically one of my lights burned out. It was one of those weird dome lights. So you would have had to have, uh -huh. like, take it off the whole dome and then replace yep. the light bulb. And, um, Rick got me just a brand new um, overhead light. It's got like those Edison bulbs in it. It's a slightly more yellow kind of color, which is good because um, normally this room is very blue. But it's also going to be a lot easier to change those light bulbs because <laughs> you're not going to have to undo the whole thing. And it feels a little bit less like fluorescent bulbs. It's warmer. It's brighter. It had been so dark in here for so long. And now it's winter. Yeah, yeah winter's going to be rough. Yeah. So Rick was so intent on on fixing the bulbs because he knew I wanted to film some demos today. He's like, I need to install it Saturday because I know you're going to film demos on Sunday. And he, uh, by the time the order was ready, it was dark. But he, I was like, you can wait till tomorrow, sweetheart. It's totally fine. He's like, no. He puts on our little joyful headlamp. Nice. And just in absolute darkness <laughs> installs this light. And it was pretty amazing. And he did a really great job. So props to partners who are partners. Husband of the year. Every year. Six years running. I'm coming up on five with Melissa and uh, pretty excited. Although uh, realizing that we'll probably have very limited options for celebrating. Yeah. But that sort of almost brings us into our topic, but first we should do uh, sponsors. This week's episode of the Get Offset Podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. DistroKid makes it affordable and easy to be prolific on the internet with your music because for just $20 a year, you can release unlimited music to Spotify, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon if you want to, uh, dozens of channels, and they're adding more every single day. You're in full control of your distribution, of your money, and DistroKid has a ton 
a ton of cool features that many of which are completely free to uh, DistroKid users, like the meme generator, uh, the wheel of playlists. I think that now they have a database of playlist curators on Spotify if you really want to chase those Spotify playlists, which is understandable. A lot of people do. Um, Hashtag exposure. You've died of exposure. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> oh my god i could talk I, I we could do a whole episode again where i bet you about spotify because now they're doing sorry listen if you love music and you want to pay for a subscription to a music streaming service title pays at least twice as much to artists what spotify pays and title is actually owned by artists millionaire artists sure but musicians nonetheless it's like the difference between old school ascap and old school bmi like bmi was broadcasters and ascap was the actual writers but for some reason they both exist don't worry about it don't worry about that um that doesn't have anything to do with distrokid but i personally use distrokid now for both my personal music and for sunday crush and I just, after having mo- been on TuneCore for years and years and years, I really am impressed with uh, with DistroKid. All of that to say, uh, you know who you are. I'm going to look deep into the camera. In fact, take my glasses off so you can get a better look in my eyes as I tell you this genuinely. I, uh, I know you've been sitting on that EP that you, you've been scared to release. And I got, I got to be the one to say it. The world needs to hear it. Finish the EP and sign up on DistroKid. Just put it out there. It makes it as painless as possible. You don't have to spend five days uploading it to every single option, stressed out every yeah, single time that people are going to hate you and reject you because that's not one. That's not true. People love you. You just need to accept that. And two, if it makes it that fast, it just rips the bandaid. You get it out there. And just wait for all of the positive affirming messages heading your way as people listen to music. <laughs> so sign up on DistroKid today with that EP that you uh, – let's be honest. It's finished. You're just scared to release it. All right. Ship it. Candid moment over. Glasses back on. So now you know I'm absolutely full of it the rest of the episode. <laughs> nice. Nice. So um, we actually had kind of touched on – I briefly – I feel like we were getting very close – to talking about the topic, mm-hmm. but um, we're still in COVID. Yep. I think I would I would argue we're probably still in the first wave, and now the first wave is going to get bad again. Some may call it the second wave, but um, I it's mean, the second we're, wave. We're recording this about an hour before um our state governor is going to enact new sanctions. I guess. New Sanctions makes it sound like we're like a tin pot dictator in a foreign land who's abusing our citizens. Well, basically, we've been in this phase program. We've been failing the phase program. We've been King County's been stuck in phase two, and we are not meeting our goals for the most part. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's fair to assume that things are about to shut down a little bit again, and they need to. Apparently, like, listen, I love that my gym is open, but I sure as hell ain't going to my gym right now. No, no, it's crazy. I walked by it the other night and people were in my gym 
like just working out. They had masks on and they were far apart, but I'm like, ah, ooh, I don't feel good just, about that. Uh, well, yeah, it definitely wigs me out. I'm like, how, you mean to tell me that a disease that's transmitted via breath is not going to transmit in a place where everyone is breathing as heavily as humanly possible? Yeah. Or singing or playing saxophones and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, We've played some socially distant gigs. The last one was over two weeks ago and it'll probably be the last one for a while. But um, like I have friends who have COVID right now. I have had friends who have had COVID the past couple of months, several months. Uh, we've had patrons who have had COVID. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it, this is really happening to people and it is no i got an email this week uh from our church uh our head pastor saying hey i thought the whole church should be looped in on this but uh we had two members attend our in-person service with with covid they tested positive on monday so we're now letting everyone we're letting everyone know who is there and we're also letting the rest of the congregation know out, out of a sense of uh transparency so you can make the right decisions um and I mean, I appreciate the transparency, but the other part of me is like, it happened. Uh, oh no. And now it's like yeah. a three week, hold your breath and wait to see if any of the, the older folks who attend um, service get it and then have another three weeks of fear of what that's going to do to them. And it's like, no, I don't like this game. This is the slowest train wreck I've ever seen. <laughs> and I can't peel my eyes away from it. It just puts me like this eternal hypervigilant anxiety anxiety ridden state no i get i get that but um to get back into the topic or like go into the topic in the first place live music was the first thing that shut down and it's probably going to be the last thing that comes back um we know that pfizer on their own outside of this operation warp speed thing uh has come up with a vaccine that they claim is 90 percent effective which is enormous because i don't even think the seasonal flu vaccine is usually that effective it is enormous. Um, it is enormous, and it might be available starting in April, is what Fauci says. Might. We'll see. I'm choosing to remain hopeful. You have to. You have to have I a also, little bit of hope. But again, it's also like the slowest train wreck I've ever seen because it's like, I know that it's got to hit some more some more trials. It's just through the first round, so it's looking promising. Yeah. But it is, there's still I mean, a lot of hurdles to get through. There are, there are, let's not pretend there aren't, but, um, we want to tie this back to live music because Ticketmaster the last couple weeks, let me see when this article came out on Billboard. Uh, this, sweet Jesus, why is it loud? Okay. Um, this was on 11.11. Oh, isn't that lucky? Uh, that, uh, so on Monday before 11.11, that's when Pfizer's early, COVID-19 results were announced and Ticketmaster has been working on a framework for post-pandemic fan safety that uses smartphones to verify fans' vaccination status or whether they've tested negative for COVID-19 within a 24 to 72 hour window. And though I love live music and I love vaccinations and I love not spreading COVID, this feels a little big brother to me and I don't really, and they say they don't, they're not going to have like a database or anything. And I do believe them, but this is, I don't like it. 
<laughs> I just, yeah. it just doesn't hit me right in the stomach. Well, I mean, historically, uh, medical information is all like, it's all protected under HIPAA. It's no one else's business. I mean, right. if, for instance, if I were to have AIDS, that's only someone else's business if I'm sexually involved with them. And, and so that's kind of. Or, or going to donate blood or. Exactly. So then th- those are the only instances where anyone needs to know. And at that point, it's really. I mean, it, that that's pretty minimal. And all of a sudden, we, we're in this situation where everyone needs to know. Like collective, like the world just like if you test positive, you need to tell everyone you've seen the last like three weeks. You need to tell everyone you come in contact after that. Yeah, I mean, it, there's suddenly this your personal medical information is wide open for the world um, out of a sense of necessity. You can't, you shouldn't be lying about it. You shouldn't be like, oh, I, I was wearing a mask when I went over to their house, so it should be fine. Like, like you've got to be um, honest with it in this, um, in the sense of like personal contact tracing and whatnot. Yeah. And that's, that feels so weird because it goes against like this, a whole lot of what we've all really internalized of like my medical information is, is for me to have. And if I choose to share it, then I, then that, that that's up to me. It's like, I, I mean, I had surgery a couple of years ago, I had heart surgery and I could have said absolutely nothing, but I, I, it was really important for me. And I wanted to share that, that it was successful with all my friends and family who had been uh, and praying, sending good vibes, all of that, like that was really important for me, but that was ultimately my choice. And so the, the notion that all of a sudden, like you were required to share that information out feels really wrong at first glance. Yeah, no, it does. It does. And it kind I kind of feel like if that's what it has to be, then maybe it's not okay for live music to come back yet there. Cause when you look at the places where live music has come back, New Zealand, China, Thailand, these are places that have gotten a hold on um, the break, the the breakouts of COVID. There's no COVID in New Zealand, albeit they're an island. <laughs> that does help quite a bit. <laughs> but I, uh, I was reading Bill my 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 copy of Billboard magazine today, and I just want to share something because I didn't realize that China and Taiwan were having um, a live music resurrection. So this was. Uh, let me just read the beginning of this. Frustrated by the shutdown of live music in the United States this summer, the dance music duo Buttes made a radical move. The pair left California and moved to China. After arriving in Shanghai in, in early August, they quarantined for 14 days and they got to work arranging concerts in a country that had tamed the spread of coronavirus enough to make touring possible again. Since then, they've played 13 club shows in three festivals so while u.s and european schedule tour schedules for 2021 are riddled with uncertainty dates in china are filling up fast like it'll look like they've someone um a ceo of aeg asia said for the next year our calendar bookings looks like a normal year a couple other interesting stats uh october from october 1 to 8 there were more than 4,000 live performances that's the course of one week over 20 of them for up to 10,000 attendees and to 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 explain how enormous that is that's a 130% increase for the same period in 2019 when there wasn't a big pandemic that people knew about because yeah, if you're in a place where it's suddenly safe to be out and about which 
I admit I am skeptical on given that China hasn't exactly given us a whole lot of reason to trust what their publicity says. About- no, but to, to be clear, this also talks about a couple of instances where the stages were built, the tickets were sold, and then they canceled shows because of one reported case of an asymptomatic virus character. Like they, they have been shutting things down completely when there's a known case. Sure. I just want to be as clear as I can that I, I admit that I have my, my hesitancy there, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we should trust China for their word. Um, but at the same, but Taiwan. It's interesting to see it come back though. Yeah. Taiwan, New Zealand. I was on a conference call with um, yeah. some folks in New Zealand. Was it last week? And I was just sitting here like, like 10 guys sitting across the table from each other, like masks off, like just having a good time with their brilliant New Zealand accents. And I'm just like, oh, come on. I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was um rat boys who we had on the podcast. They were, they did this big 24 hour stream for, for charity and they had the Bez from New Zealand on and they were just all there together and they've like been playing shows and touring. Yep. And also if you haven't listened to the Beths, do that. If you haven't listened to Rat Boys, do that. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, but I just, I don't see it coming back until there's a vaccine that people have taken and cases get go away basically. Like, but I don't, and I don't think that Ticketmaster trying to expedite things by enacting these just, I'll just say it, Big Brother-esque things. I don't know if people will feel comfortable doing that. And I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to feel comfortable doing that. But I don't know. At the same time, honestly, like for me personally, if I got vaccinated and I was trying to attend a concert in May or whatever and well, if I'm vaccinated, I know I can't carry it, et cetera, et cetera. Shoot, I'll give my information. I just want to go see a concert. Like, let me in. Yeah. I, no, it's I, been so long. Yeah, and it really, really, really sucks. But it re- uh, I also know that there were studies that came out that showed if you have a concert hall, an indoor concert hall, then everyone wears masks, everyone stays seated, and there's good ventilation – the risk of transmission is extremely low, even without a vaccine. Mm-hmm. But that's not the normal, like, environment. Well, yeah. It, good luck, especially like in a standing room only type venue, telling everyone yeah. stay six feet away. And then it's like, well, that means four people can be up on the rails. Yeah. And that also means, like, you either have to charge a lot, like four times per ticket. Or the everybody loses money. Like concerts cost money, <laughs> money right. to put on, right? Oh yeah. So you have like the way a normal like established band works is they book a gig, they get a guarantee. That guarantee is usually a sellout times ticket price, and then if it doesn't sell well, there sometimes there are renegotiations. Um. But that guarantee becomes really risky for even more risky for uh, the venues. So then if the venues don't want to do these guarantees, then the band takes the risk. And if there's not touring, because I think that 
So there's another article in Billboard um, about with an interview with Steven Severin, who owns Numos, Barboza. He created the Seattle Nightlife and Music Association. They're the Keep Music Live Washington organization. Mm -hmm. Um, He talks about how bands probably still aren't going to go on tour. So it kind of seems like there's going to be a lot of, um, he said, okay, so here's a question. If acts aren't touring, do you expect that to be regional performers playing all those shows that he was had mentioned in a previous question? Mm-hmm. And Steven said, I was looking at my local band database and I haven't booked for three. I, he hasn't personally booked for three years. I'm already a bit of a dinosaur there. As I'm going through my list, a lot of those bands are gone. These aren't the people who are making it outside of Seattle, but they are the ones that can bring 75 people on a Monday night. They aren't going to be here. I see a lot of bands splitting. Anybody where there was a chance that they were going to split pre-COVID, they're done. I'm sure my talent buyer is already ahead on who's still around. I'm curious how many of them are going to be playing. Not exactly an optimistic answer. No. <laughs> no. But he hasn't personally booked in a couple of years. So like he had yeah. that. Uh, we'll see what they... Uh... I don't know. I, I think that's definitely a good point where like even you can get people from the local community to sign up for it, trying to convince a band to get up there and then do that across several states. That's a very different proposition that seems a lot more dangerous for the bands. Uh, and for like local bands, you can't play locally more than like once a month. You can't. Right. But you can do like support stuff, but you can't headline a show more than once a month in a normal climate. You so can't, an- sh- you can't sh- do a live streaming gig more than once a month typically because people aren't going to come back for the second, third, fourth ones, especially right. a band like mine where we have like an album's worth of material and we play it every single, every single show. It's great when we're on tour. It's great when we're supporting people who've never heard of us, but. Like, we're not like Bruce Springsteen and can do, like, or we're not even like the whole steady where they can do a three-night stand and have enough variation in their in their catalog to play different shows each night that still have, like, a couple fan favorites in them. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I here's an interesting thought I just had as far as live music returning. So if you've got a whole bunch of band... So if you've got a, a drastically reduced band database for all local uh, local bands, um, so you've got less people to work with, so there's less competition. And if you've got venue owners that are saying, hey, guys, like I really need you to perform if my venue is going to stay up. Please, please, please come perform. Are venues going to – are we going to see a sharp decline in the whole we'll pay you an exposure bucks? Decline uh, in it? I don't think we'll see a decline in it. I also don't think it'll be so much like we're going to pay you an exposure. It'll be more like, will you please donate your work to this cause? Because be- because yeah. because it's 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 an ecosystem, right? You can't you can't if, if rabbits become extinct, then foxes become extinct. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. kind of thing. No, I mean that makes sense. I was just trying to think through the scenario because I imagine that that's got to change the dynamic. Uh, I mean, the whole dynamic of everything's changed. So I was just doing the little thought experiment of how does this change the dynamic of whether or not bands get paid. But I guess the uh, please donate your time to save the venue. Because musicians do that all the time. I do that all the time. Yeah. 
I guess I see that. There's just the other part of me is like, oh, but this is like a great chance for musicians to have leverage for once. Um, but no, that makes sense. But there's no money to pay us with, and we kind of know that. It's it's like yeah, it's like Sunday Crush hasn't gotten paid paid for any of these live gigs that we've done. But also, we know that it's expensive to for the venues, um, big building and Black Labs galleries to do this streaming setup to bring in even one person to set up a couple cameras and run the sound that costs money, you know, and um, we can get tips via Twitch bits or super chats or just Venmo. Like that's kind of the money that we're making on those live gigs. Cause there's no money because normally you play, you play a show, you make the money from the ticket sales as the artist, the bar makes the the venue makes the money from the bar and probably taking a cut of your merch if they're, you know, like most venues in the world. But, um, it's, a it's hard. It's, it's, it's just kind of like when there's no money, but you, you need these venues to exist because of places like hotel Vegas, Numos, Connor burn, um, Bogarts, mercy lounge, the basement, these places only exist in a year, then where the hell are these bands going to play? One of the greatest things about Seattle as far as musician development is the enormous quantity of small neighborhood venues like yep. Tim's Tavern, Sunset, Connor Burn, like that, that they, formerly Cafe Racer, that they exist and musicians can work things out in front of people, get feedback. And that's, it fosters creativity and it fosters a scene. So if those small venues especially don't exist in in a year or two, unless someone walk like steps up to fill them, which they probably won't, it takes yeah, decades. Saw, it, no, it totally does. I know. Down in LA, um, I saw a chain reaction was threatening to uh, to go away, which is a, another classic venue. Um, uh, arguably an institution just for, uh, especially for the pop punk metal core uh, genre in particular, just for that scene, it, quintessential venue. The idea that that could go away um, was just like, a, like I saw the article, I'm like, Oh, Oh shoot. This is getting more real. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel good. Does it? No, it doesn't feel good. And that's part of why I'm like big brother or not like sign me up. As soon as I'm vaccinated, I just, I want to go to three shows a week for three months. I just, I don't even care. I like the band. I just want to pay the money for the ticket and just go and just. You miss uh, it. I miss it. I miss it fierce. Um, Man, I was talking to someone who was like, as soon as I get, I feel like I'm going to cry when I get vaccinated partly because I hate needles and partly because I'm like, that's my ticket. It feels like a ticket to freedom. Yeah. Um, to know that I can do stuff without, you know, endangering my, my family. That's always a nice thought. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a nice thought. <laughs> yeah. No, not, been, not endangering your family is a very nice thought. No, I'm like a week and a half out from when I had that in, di- in person dining experience. And so I've got like another week before I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. Just that lingering every time you go out kind of thing. I didn't realize you'd done that that recently. I did. 
and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just had family in town and I, I mean, I have been living like fairly like a recluse except for the live streaming gig. And, um, I know my parents have as well. Of course they did just come in on a plane and it's just kind of like, it's, I mean, I offered to get a COVID test before they came in and they said, no, it's fine. I think they didn't want to know. <laughs> it's just that kind of thing. And I, and I just do want to stress that we shouldn't ostracize anybody or put blame on anybody who does come down with COVID. Um, Cause that's just going to keep people from getting tested, from finding out, from getting vaccinated. Sure. Yeah. And no, I just want people to be happy, healthy and safe. And yeah, that's definitely a, a tough ask this year, but I'm hopeful 2021 is going to be a very big change from what 2020 has been. Yeah. Cause... These last four years have been kind of like just starting in 2016, not even like talking about the election, not even talking about the election. I just feel like 2020, like, just took that up a notch, <laughs> like poured napalm on a, on a small campfire. Uh, Dude. It's no, been, but like, I'm I looking at, I, so I'm, it's not like, so legitimately, like, of course there, the, like the superstitious, like thoughts in the back of my head. I'm like, that means things will be good when 2020 is over. Right. And then the idea that all of this is going to be contained, contained into a single year on the Gregorian calendar. Like we all know that that's not actually how it works, but it feels like a nice thought. So that feels like a nice thought in the sense, like it's got to get to January. And the other part of me is like that existential dread. That means I got to get to January. Like who's going to die? Like, whoa, let's not. (laughs) So, yeah, not. I've got I've got my my short list of people that I'm staring at. I'm like, it, it 2020 is not the year to take them. Um, I'm right now. My short list is Chuck Norris, Betty White, and the Queen of England. One of those three goes. That's it. I'm done. Well, I mean, Chuck Norris would surprise me, but we have to remember that Betty White and the Queen of England. Are- are in their nineties. Actually, yes. how old is Queen Elizabeth? Uh, I, that's a great question. Her mom made it to like a hundred and four. She's ninety four years old. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. waited on hand and foot for your entire life, ah, don't don't do her like that, man. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I don't think you get it that far. Not. I think that's got to be a a big contributor to living that long. I think it's genetics. She, um, what about 14? How long is she, when did she become queen? Oh, like the forties. I thought I really well, should the, know the forties was her dad because that was world war two. I just don't know when he died. Yes. Oh, uh, 1952. I think well, there you she might've been, she was young. So she has been queen for a very long time. Just shy of a 70 year reign. That's pretty astounding. But um her her mother let me see. Da, 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 da. Her her mother lived to oh my gosh, where is her? A hundred and one. 
Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see. So you it, might, you might, you might have a good seven. She might have a good seven years left in her. I don't know. Anyways, that's that's my watch list. Um, Charles is I'll, never going to be king, is my guess. <laughs> that poor dude. You know what? I don't want to say anything, but um, there's a podcast, called, and we'll wrap it up because it's an hour. But there's a podcast called You're Wrong About, and they just did a big series on Princess Diana of uh, Wales. Charles kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he needed that serious, like they're serious to. Yeah, but he 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 kind of married her because if he didn't marry her, it would have potentially ruined her reputation. He had affairs; she had affairs; they all had affairs. But he also said he didn't want to be the only, you know, prince of Wales to not have a mistress or something like that. <laughs> right. I just whatever, whatever. I don't really care much about the royal family. I feel like we've fought a whole war to not have to care about the royal family. I mean, sure. As Andrew um, furiously texts. It's okay. I no, no, I was just thinking, uh, Prince Philip cracks me up because there's <laughs> a part of me that's just like, you, I, I, all, I look at the guy and like, you just have to wonder, he's like in the back of his head still singing like, and I just can't wait to be king. Oh, I mean, he'll never be king. That's the point. Um, he, he can never well, be king. I just, I, Queen Elizabeth looks great mm. for her age. And I look at him, I'm like, dude, you could, you could have this guy walk onto the set of The Walking Dead and not need makeup. It just, the poor guy just has mm. aged so much. Like, mean, have you seen photos I, of him recently? Aged, but he's still alive. Like, uh, he, why I don't he know. He looks a little repossessed reanimated even oh he's he is the prince consort and not the king is because the title of queen can be used to either describe the ruling monarch or the more ceremonial meaning the wife of a monarch but king can't be used that way gotcha i just don't understand it i don't care i don't i don't care (laughs) i don't entirely understand uh all i know the whole point bringing that up is i just I've got this this constant sense of like what's happening next. It's 2020. And then the realization started to hit me like that doesn't end just because 2020 ends. It's just been a rough go for the whole world. So waiting to see where this goes. But uh, And we the, have to work together to make it go somewhere. We do but have to work if together. You, if that, you can get the vaccine, I like – I know a lot of people aren't super comfortable with vaccines. I'm just going to say RFID chips do not work the way people think they work. Yeah. They they can't control your brain. That's not a thing. Uh, but can they, you pay for? But you can pay for your your beer at Bonnaroo with them. Sort of, uh, <laughs> but it's they're not computers. They're just a little chip. They've got a set amount of information on them. They don't do any data processing. They don't. I mean, it's just a it's equivalent to getting a tattoo. Uh, I'm sure that's not helping the the uh, or microchipping your dog. Yes, exactly. Where it's got your phone number on it and your address and it it's the same thing. No one is trying to control it. I, not that I'm really terribly worried that anyone listening to this podcast feels that way. But if you if you have a family member, just know that RFID chips do not work the way that a lot of people assume that it works. It's just – it's static information. If it's not plugged into a power supply, it's not computing anything. That's true. And That's um, going to control please- your brain? 
please stay home. Please wear your masks. Please understand that we're all in this together and that it is indeed your decision on whether or not you want to do these acts of love for your fellow human beings. It's not about fear. It's not about control. It's about doing the right thing. It's about being good to your, to your brothers and your sisters on this planet. And for sure. sometimes we have to do things we don't love doing because it's the right thing to do, you know? Yep. Sorry. Like tough luck. I, I, I never know if we're going to lose subscribers doing this. I don't think we lose them on the podcast, but I will say I, I think like I released the episode on iTunes and it's like up, 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 up. <laughs> it's like Tuesdays I lose a couple and then I just get new ones. Like, yep. It's because I think it actually kind of evens out on the day. Hey, like, so when are we going to get a, a, a guitar pick ASMR video? I don't have any guitar picks right next to me. No, like you need to like do like a full demo. No. Like set up the camera on the desk with picks and just like slowly pour them out. And... If you're a maker of guitar picks and you would like for me to do this and include your product, please let me know. You can hit us up at getoffsetpodcast.com. Speaking of which, please like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, consider supporting us on Patreon if you like this content. Again, you get special access to things. Mm-hmm. Uh through the end of the year at the $1 level. That's all it takes now to be $1 part of our level. discord. Um, we have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Yep. And did I miss anything? Oh, we have Facebook pages and Facebook groups. Um, oh, if you have, have merch ideas as well, uh, I, I think we're overdue for adding new merch to the shop. So if you've got ideas for merch, uh, send either me or Emily a message. Uh, send I, Andrew a message. Send me a message because I do the merch design. designs the merch, not because I am. Yep. Yeah, because uh, he designs the merch. No, seriously, I send. You can email us at getoffset at gmail dot com. Oh no, God! Okay. Why did you do that? Okay, bleep. Well, that's just what the contact is, right? Okay, bleep that out. But that's that's the reason we have a contact form and don't okay. whatever. Anyways. Reach out on the contact form, preferably. If you have to message me on social media, know that I might be delayed in responding because it'll or probably you just get... message the get offset Instagram. That's that's probably that's that's the one. Message that's the, the get offset. One. Yep. There we go. Or leave a comment in the Facebook group, get offset podcast Facebook group. Anyways. Uh, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Beep. Uh and I would love to hear your ideas for merch and so I can start getting something together for a new release on that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, to everybody watching, thanks for watching. And to everyone listening, you should be watching. But I also <laughs> understand. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for I, understanding. I, I should have committed. To, I need. Okay, let me try that again. Because I, I need to really commit to the judginess on this. Uh, to this. If I really not everybody, to, Not everybody can watch. Let's just keep that in mind. Right. But if I really commit to being super judgy on this, it makes it seem comical. Because I, I'm not actually being judgy here, uh, because I understand that not everyone can watch. But let me try this again for the sake of being extra judgy. Uh, for everyone listening to this, you really, you should be watching.
right. I, I think that was Jack. I don't really, I don't care how people consume content. <sighs> I don't, I don't particularly, I'm honestly, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm you're personally, doing a bit. Andrew's doing I, a bit. I'm really excited that we've got options for people who want to watch and for people who want to listen. And for people uh, who want to read. Cause I put so the like, transcript on the website instance, every week. Jerry Falwell Jr. can watch and, uh, <laughs> <gasps> oh, that broke me. <laughs> There we go. Payback. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. And everyone else can – I don't know if anyone else wants to listen to that. Anyways, I, oh. all of that to say thank you for consuming content in whatever <laughs> Okay, Thanks for all... trying to understand. <laughs> Until next time, I have been Emily. And I am Andrew. <laughs> Goodbye. One, Bye. two, three.